going to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to be. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. This one goes out to you, 84. All seven and we'll watch them fall. They stand in the way of love and we will smoke them all with an intellect and a savoir faire. No one in the whole universe will ever compare. I am yours now and you are mine and two. Welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. 84, a.k.a. Southern Wood, a.k.a. The Hammer. He's in studio. Every time I play a Prince song that isn't this song, 84 texts me and says, Play seven, play seven, play seven. It's so good. You know how normally I've got this bad habit of talking over the song yeah. when, when the intro comes in on whatever show I'm on? Huh. You notice I did not say a single word during you that. You really do love that so song. I have one. Oh, I do. I, that is one of my favorite songs. You, it takes me back. You know, music can transport you. And for some reason, that song just kind of clicked with me. It was just one yeah. that I, I really, really enjoyed. But that takes me back to being, you know, a senior in high school. I'm in my Bronco, too. I've got the four tens in the back. Yeah, redneck as can be. Yeah, sure. And and and, and that that bass, it's subtle, but when it hits, it's really mm-hmm. hard. It is just the boom, boom. It's not a you know a constant vibration, and that just that's all. It's, just a good memory. That has just really been one of my favorite songs of all time. It's a cool sounding song, too, because it's taking like 90s, at least, era kind of loops and beats, but it's also got a Beatles or a Sgt. Pepper sound to it. Very over the top, uh, lush production to it. And then also the lyrics are somewhat using biblical imagery, somewhat using Prince's own mind and weird stuff. I think yeah. he was a Jehovah's Witness, though. Which is, uh, I think that, yeah, I think, I think that's I right. haven't learned enough about a Jehovah's Witness. I, I, that I, is, uh, I, maybe I'll bring one on one day so they don't have to come to people's doorsteps. We'll just do it over the airwaves. <laughs> because I'm the type when somebody comes up to your door, whether it's a Jehovah's Witness or I had in college had a Baptist. The Mormons are big on. I like the Mormons. I love You know, running neighborhoods and stuff. Yeah. You know, evangelism. No, and that stuff. is, you know, they really do. I might think your religion is. Bullcrap, <laughs> but like with the Mormon religion, still want to learn about some it. of the nicest people I've ever met. 
No, usually like the actual missionaries. I love talking to those guys because they're getting out there. It really is a, a coming of age thing. And yeah. it's it's cool to talk to people going through that. And well, I am and genuinely interested, even though I'm skeptical, uh, that, okay, you think this happened. And this is what guides you. Well, and, and Joey, I think, I think that's important. And I think that's something that we miss a lot because... Uh, especially in this area, we're raised. I mean, now you were raised Catholic. I was. Y- yes. You're so you're odd. Only nine percent of Montgomery is Catholic. Yeah. So, um, or the minority. I shouldn't say odd, but no, it's it's odd, odd to be <laughs> Catholic in yeah. Montgomery. You are the minority. The odd guy out. At you least nine percent. Yeah. Most likely, you're either Baptist or Methodist. Yes. Maybe, and then you you start breaking down into the well these the days other clans, but but you're 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 I, I use this word intentionally. Mm-hmm. You are brainwashed when you grow up in a church. Oh really? If you if you go to, I mean, if you start in you know pre-k and and i did kindergarten and 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 you're at church every sunday and you go through sunday school i'm not saying that you're well, brainwashed with false information uh, right but, but you are taught the doctrine of you start young your religion actually my in my one criticism um if i was trying to help the the catholic church evangelize their own is that i wish you didn't i think sometimes they they try to Nerf, can I use that term? They nerf the biblical stories, so they're in bite sizes for kids, and everything's kind of yes, nice yes. pictures and it, books. No, it's, and it's, it's not none just, of the scary stuff or the tough stuff is shown. And I think that actually leads you to go, well, wait, if you're allowed to change things around in that way, why can't I change it around later? And and I think that that's not in just the Catholic Church. That's oh, in right. that that's across the board. Yeah. I mean that's across the board. Yeah, you take the just like King David. Oh, King David was great. You know he was, you know this and that. And you leave out. Well, you know he was an adulterer. Mm. Uh, you know he slept with Bathsheba. Uh, he actually had. He didn't even have the guts to murder her husband he just put him on the front line and made him run out and get <laughs> yeah. killed you, you miss those stories and when you start reading those as you're older it causes you to question but going back to the original point when you have a jehovah's witness or a mormon or or somebody just come knock on your door that wants to try to you know proselytize you or evangelize yeah. you you need to know what you believe in, but you also need to know why you believe in it. Yes. And and just because that's what I was taught, you have no foundation if you start at that point. You, right. No foundation at all whatsoever. No, I because genuinely approach... you really don't believe in anything if you don't know what it is that you believe in. Well, and I genuinely approach those discussions now. Uh, when I was younger, it was a little more of a game, like... A little gotcha, like ask you a question. You don't. Oh, you don't know it. Oh, 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 oh got ya. And, and I think that's sure. so dumb. Now, um, I now approach it with my own basis of I think, and I've said this before. I'll probably keep saying it. I think one of the most important aspects of, of our lives are the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we learn and we pass on. The narratives, not just of your own life, but the ones that have survived millennia. 
Um, so how and you know, as with any good story, it doesn't always stay the same. I mean, you get the the important parts correct, and those stay the same. But when it's passed down, think of a game of the old telephone, how they used to teach it. Yeah, it, it changes with each person. But that's why I think when a story is really good and really compelling, uh, the good parts stay with it. So because that's my basic point of view on the world, especially in my approach to uh, religion. Um, is okay if I really believe in how important stories are to us and the narratives, then I want to know what other people's stories are. Like, I genuinely want to know. It's not about gotcha, it's more like, why do you think this? And what is the story that, you know? That, that is a does give you question. Yeah. Why do you think this? Don't, yeah. don't, don't come to my house and give me 15 scriptures. Mm. Where you're proof texting what your doctrine is. Okay, that's fine. I'm right. glad you memorized those. Why is that your story? Right. Why do you believe that? And it's and and it goes back. You know, I think there's such a I had no idea we would talk about. Well, this tonight, nor did but, I. I'm a little tired tonight. I have. I. It goes back to it, it's not. Uh, there's a complete difference in Christianity and religion and in. I think every denomination has part of it right. Mm-hmm. I don't fully believe, and I may be wrong. I'm not saying I'm sure. correct. I don't think anyone is 100% correct, but you Catholic or, hmm. you know, Southern Baptist. I think everybody's got pieces of it. Right. But if you, if you read the scripture, if you go back to the rule book, to the Bible, I always go back to what Paul said about that all creation cries out that there's a God. And that tells me you don't have to go and say, now, Joey, right here, John 3.16 says, you know, uh, as the president would say, 2 Corinthians 1.12 says, and I don't, you don't right. have to quote scripture. The creation cries out, and you can use that as a uh, uh, you know, your apologia, you can say, now, think about it. Think about it logically. Yeah. How did all this just happen? Right. And if it didn't, was there not a creator? And you can go from that point, you know, forward instead of getting into, you know, I'm going to prove this to you through this text right here that's written down. You, yeah. I mean, it helps. That gives you deeper understanding. Uh, but it's not all you need. There are different ways to... Uh, be illuminated to this ain't no way that this universe just boom and showed up i mean there's no there's just no way well i mean you have to assassinate common sense to believe that well and i don't uh i don't think it's just boom and it showed up i think there is a deep uh mystery there Mm -hmm. i certainly think there's a deep mystery um, and I, no, and I, even though I still consider myself fairly much, pretty much an atheist, I, I've certainly had those moments of, of wonder and awe, um, where I'm awestruck by how the number one thing that gives me that sort of pause is when everything seems so connected that when things that seem unimportant all of a sudden strike you, the light hits it in a different way, or maybe you're in the right frame of mind, and and it all of a sudden makes sense. It's also like, I had this experience, I don't want to share too much, but when somebody you thought you never talked to again, you talk, you're talking to them again, and it, it comes around full circle, and that element of time sort of plays tricks on you. You know, time is, in some ways, the enemy. Time is also, though, 
it almost he- it does heal all wounds. Like if, if you give enough time and you see how people change, and you see how you change yourself, it's amazing when whatever the catalyst is, whatever triggers the idea, you go, "Wow, I am different than I was three years ago." Just three years. Let alone, I saw a picture earlier today of uh, myself in my mother's arms at Disney World. I had to be like five years old, four years old. I may, oh, if I'm in her arms, younger than that even. I was a little kid. And so it makes me think, I was that little person. How am I now this guy? Like, it's just, it's wild to think back and, and ponder that. And it, it really, you know, makes me stop. And go, okay, well, maybe there's something deeper going on here. Now, what is that exactly? I'm not quite ready to say. But I, I, I really deeply, if I have a conviction that is religious in any sense, think that life and what all this is is inherently meaningful. I don't think necessarily you have to appeal to anything outside of it. I think as soon as you start to open your eyes and your ears and you really start living life, the stories unwind themselves. Now, if I'm just thinking very narrowly, selfishly, that's not enough of a story. I probably do need to listen to the stories that were told thousands and thousands of years ago. And not just ones that were told thousands of years ago, but then lost. But stories that were told thousands of years ago and are still being told today. That's the stuff that makes you go, hmm, there, there's something There has to be some weight there. to that if they hang around that long. Well, and it also gets me, and this is a little more uh, concrete into today, all this stuff going on with, like, you know, people's old tweets. And, again, we go from ancient writings and ancient stories to uh, things going on today. You know, a writing that happened a few years ago. And... I think about that and go, okay, somebody's getting in trouble for something they said five years ago. I mean, five years is an eternity. I, I'm, I'm. It just, just doesn't make sense. I don't. I don't have that bone in my body for some reason. Unless I'm like, for some reason, very pissed off at somebody. I don't have that vindictive. Let's get them. Point of view. I, I want to understand even the most disgusting things. I want to go. Why are you? Why did you say that? I don't want to stone you to death, so to speak. I want to go. Well, why did you do that? You know, I can only think in my life, and in, in which I'm a very loving, forgiving, caring person. I carry on a bunch, but I really am. But I can only really think of one person in this world that's ever said anything that I hadn't forgiven them for. Hmm. And and it has been, I'd say probably 12 years ago. Now, and every time I, I run across this person every once in a while. I don't, wanna, I don't want you to tell me the person. I don't even want you to tell me what they said, but I do want to ask you this. Oh, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what he, what he said without using the exact sure. situation. He called me a he called me a liar, uh-huh. and I said, "Look here, buddy." I said, "You can call me uh, uh, whatever." Uh, yeah, I mean the worst word you can imagine. Oh, being falsely accused is pretty bad. I said, "You call me that." I said, "Don't call me a liar." I'm telling you, this happened with this product right. that you supply. I was just trying to inform him that you've got an issue, right. and he says, "Nope, 
that could not happen with that. No, but you don't know what you. And then he went to questioning my ability. Sure. That really pissed me off. Right. It became. A, and I'm still angry. You know, it became a personal attack. No, and that's what I was going to ask you. Now that it's over a decade later, isn't there part of you that wishes you could bury the hatchet? No, I no. It, it really isn't because I attempted to. I uh, have I have seen him over the years, mm. and uh, he's finally retired. But mm. I, I saw him as long as two years ago, mm. and and he still said I was a liar. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, that's... And so I do take that personal yeah, because... You should. But it's because that was personal. But, Joey, my question to you, why is it, do you think that somebody tweets something mm-hmm. five years ago that, you know, 20,000 people take it personally? Well, he's obviously not talking I, about all 20,000 of them. In all seriousness? I mean, this was said personally. He said my name out loud. Yeah. He said, Clay, that cannot happen. In all seriousness, um, say let's take James Gunn. He tweeted some pretty disgusting stuff that were essentially riffs and him being playing a character, essentially, uh, about pedophilia. And I find it pretty disgusting. But I also kind of, after reading them, went, well... It, I, I don't think this guy's serious. Like, is he actually a pedophile? Any proof of that? Has he ever even gotten close to anything? Like, no. So, well, okay. He was also at the time working in a pretty, like, the comedy scene he was working in was known for being edgy and known for being disgusting and pushing the limits. And I think comedy's allowed to do that. Doesn't mean it always works. <laughs> but so I think people take it personally, though. Something like James Gunn, you know, joking about pedophilia, because they're looking for something to accomplish. And if you see something you don't like, I mean, sometimes it's not even thought through. You just react. Like, that's disgusting. I am horrified. You're wrong, sir. And then it goes from the disgust and the horror to, I want to do something about it. And even though you're different than you were five years ago, you should not have your job anymore. We have become very much a market society. We still are. So what's the power of the mob? What's the power of the market, the consumer? It's to take somebody's money. Do you think Do you think that that is because of social media, that it's so easy to respond to that? Yes. Because I, I, I have, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a connoisseur of, of, uh, Comedy. I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, Richard Pryor. I mean, you you name them. Right. I, I loved good old stand up. Every once in a while, I would see something that would just be so vulgar that it just kind of yeah. You know, it kind of turned a little icky. I mean, it just it, well, no, it wasn't edgy. I mean, or I mean icky. Yeah. No, it was just plum nasty. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I never felt compelled to sit down and take the time to get a piece of paper out and write a letter to HBO and right. say, this is that. I think but it's if I can just now. take my phone yep. and go, I'm never exactly. doing this again. Ease of access. And you start getting tags because it's so simple to right. just blow off the top of your mind. And the next day, you know, somebody might even come up to you and say, hey, I saw what you tweeted last night. And you're like, what? Well, what did I tweet? Well, and I think some people are genuinely disgusted and they're just re- reacting, and because it's so easy to react and make your voice heard, they do it. I think also, though, because that medium, especially when you get into numbers, 
even if you don't really have all the numbers on your side, like even if somebody says we're going to boycott this advertiser if they don't give up this sponsorship, uh, and they maybe only have ten thousand people where this you know the sponsor, this person advertising has millions of customers. But even if you're just ten thousand, you can make it sound powerful. And I think companies freak out. And because that seems powerful, it is powerful, I think there are also people who are doing it for cynical reasons. They realize there's power in finding something outrageous, taking that outrageous thing to task, and it is, it's literally a power play. And see, and that's the issue that I have. If, if you say something that I deem disgusting, if you yeah. say something that, I mean, you name the 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 taboo topic that you want to that you offend me on hey i will protest by well i'm not going to go see that movie or maybe i'll never watch another show that that actor's in or maybe but i'm not going to get out in the street why is it that that it seems like that people feel the need to punish someone for having an alternative view of whatever you're more than welcome to, to make any coarse joke you want to. But, you know, Andrew Dice Clay, at the end of his <laughs> yeah. career, yeah. he ran off the rails. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, and, and I mean, he was way right on the edge to begin oh, with. Yeah. And his last comedy deal was, I mean, it was terrible. It was so right. filthy, right. I couldn't even watch it. Yeah. And so I just said to myself, self, I'm not watching Dice Clay anymore. Right. I mean, you that's just, just don't watch. That's just right. too easy, and it's sick. Right. And I just quit watching, and most everybody else did too. But there weren't riots in the streets by women or anything else that were protesting him, wanting somebody to force him to stop. Well, you know, I, I want to give another. Just took over. You mentioned Dice Clay. I want to give another concrete example. Um, when And there are people who genuinely think this, and fine, I, th- I just think you're wrong. I don't think you're a bad person. I just think you're wrong. Uh, when Alex Jones, he's being sued by parents from Sandy Hook Elementary for saying that the people in those interviews, the actual family um, and classmates, were crisis actors, that Sandy Hook was a false flag, and the people that you see on video... Yeah, and there's all sorts of stuff out there. And so the families are suing him. And, you know, in a way, I think that's a little outrageous. No, but I'm also like, well, that's just Alex. There's a part of me, when I watch that guy, I'm like, he's clearly part actor. Like, he's playing up a role. And he's in the realm that I share with him. Like, right now, this whole show, we've been talking out loud. Like, thinking out loud as we talk. Yeah. And so it doesn't mean that everything I'm saying tonight, I'm not even coming into the show. Most nights I don't come into the show saying, I have the absolute truth. And listen up. The other sources aren't going to tell you the truth. Only Joey will tell you the truth because I have the balls to do it. So right. listen, 6 to 7 at night to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Because, you know what? We're going to take on the people that are covering your eyes, pulling the wool over your eyes. And we're going to take it to them with the light of truth. I mean, I don't like that approach. 
Because that's not me. Because if I'm being honest, no, it's not. most of the time, I'm trying to figure out what's true. My favorite quote, I say it all the time, is the truth is rarely pure and never simple. Because, back to the beginning of our conversation, things are so interconnected. Things change with time. It's back to that how people change over time. Like, I probably said stuff and thought things and did things when I was 16 years old. That today I go, what? I'm, I'm disgusted by it. Oh, my Lord. You have to allow room for people to change. You also have to allow room for people to make mistakes. And sometimes there are consequences, but I think piling on the consequences will also have consequences. That I think this cancellation culture, the outrage culture, some of it's genuine. Like you said, it's easy to make your voice heard if you're outraged. But then a lot of it is power. And I think we have to be very careful about that power trip that is going on right now. Because this started with the left and identity politics calling out people for doing disgusting things not up to their standards. Well, now, turnabout is fair play. People on the right are doing it to people on the so-called left. That's how the James Gunn thing came up. And I'm just like, this is not going to end well. Or we essentially have, uh, well, it's unseemly to say this, lynch mobs. They're not actually lynching these people. They're losing their job. And that is a little unseemly to say. It's not the same thing. But uh, that mob mentality in general is what I'll say. Mm -hmm. Usually it leads to uh, eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. It is looking for scapegoats constantly. And you never end up understanding anything. You're just trying to punish and move on to the next punishment. And watch out, folks, because that desire to punish, you start to enjoy it. Like, yeah, we got another scalp today. Yeah. We, get, we took out another bat. Well, that person's also part of your society. And then it becomes... They don't just go away. And it becomes about winning individual battles rather than changing someone's mind. I don't even want to say winning the war because it's not a war. We should not be right. in a war. It's just like, that's why I do... I do really cherish your friendship is yeah. is we disagree so oh, vehemently yeah. on so many things but we can have civil conversations and just talk things out well, it rarely change one another's mind but we can at least hear both sides of the situation instead of me calling you a long-haired hippie yeah. and you calling me an old backwoods redneck <laughs> you know i mean that's that's but that's where but, uh, argument goes to right. it goes to those two but things but here's the funny part is in many ways not it's not who i am completely i am a long-haired hippie in and i am ways, a backwoods redneck <laughs> but we're not completely those things you know what i mean we're more than that. Hey, I went to the theater last week, <laughs> J- young Joseph. The sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. Oh, there'll be sun. I didn't know the next line. Yeah. You have a beautiful singing voice for backwards redneck. I, I, I can kill some Annie. <laughs> I just think this uh, Alex Jones lawsuit is interesting because he's happen- it happened to him last year. Yeah. And essentially what ends up happening is the lawyers, his lawyers, Alex Jones' lawyers in court, end up admitting he's a bit of an actor. Or at least it's opinion, not truth. But he wants to present it like truth. It's. I, I heard a fascinating discussion, and I was going to talk more about wrestling tonight, but... 
Uh, Mike Dean, he got stung by wasps, and he's allergic. Oh, that's bad. So he's, we've got one. Nanny's Nanny's got the EpiPens yeah. for her. Hope you're all right, man. That's, you get that's better. Rough. Next Thursday we'll talk about wrestling. But I heard an interesting take where wrestling's obviously they're playing characters. It's like soap opera on TV with athletic performance. And you just you just took my word performance. That's yeah. what. But Aaron, Alex Jones is he's a performance a performance artist. Yeah. In many ways, I'm a performance artist. Now, I try to ground it in who I really am, but we all are in a way. We're all performing in a way. Like, you're not, if you go through life just paint by number, I guess there are folks like that out there, and maybe they run the world in some way, but I can't live my life that way. I have to be a little ridiculous every once in a while. And so when I, I was listening to Eric Bischoff talk about how these days, because the reality. And fiction, reality, performance, what you actually believe is blurred so much in this day and age. They can't get away like with actually telling an interesting story. For instance, if you want to tell, be a really good heel in this day and age, like a really good bad guy that's going to horrify, disgust, and just piss off people, get some heat. Why don't you have a racist on TV? That's like the ultimate bad guy in this day and age. So if you really want to make people angry, you'd have a racist talking. It's interesting how that, but it's because that people can't separate the two. Yeah. They can't separate, oh, this is a character this guy's portraying on TV. There was a, a, a group they did after, uh, in 2002, after 2001, 9-11, in 2002, they came out with a tag team group. It was Christian. I think, uh, what is that? Jay Reese or Jay something is his real name. Uh, Christian from Christian and Edge. Or Edge and Christian. Uh, Lance Storm. And Test. And they called themselves the Un-Americans. And they wore... You, the USA sucks shirts with the American flag flipped upside down and printed on the shirt. And they waved an upside down flipped American flag. Mm-hmm. And they talked about, they do, they cut promos like, mm, we're here tonight and like a typical American crowd, you're just going to sit on your entitled butts and not appreciate true greatness and performance from great athletes like ourselves, just like greedy Americans that do this. But the guys that were portraying these characters, and Christian and Lance Storm, I know for a fact, are fantastic wrestlers, and they went on to be pretty successful, especially Christian. Yeah. He had success before this. They were like, they're telling the guys and the, the writers and the producers in the back room, we don't want to do this anymore. This is right yeah. after 9 11. I live in Tampa. I'm going to get killed. I'm going to get killed if I yeah. People can't separate. The fact that I'm playing a character on TV to just the guy, I'm I'm Christian on TV saying America sucks, but I'm just Jay, and I like living in Florida. Yeah. And so I'm and worried see, we, about that. We used to could, and I don't know where it changed or when it changed, or maybe it was just, it was so gradual that nobody can, I don't, I don't think there's a point in time you can point to it, but there was the Iranian sheik yeah. that wrestled in the late 70s. Where were our hostages? Yes. Iran. I mean, this this was the bad dude. Right. And then all through the 80s, you had Russian, quote-unquote, 
wrestlers that came yeah. in, but it wasn't. Oh yeah, you hated them. Yeah, right. yeah, we hate these guys. We hate them, but you know, I mean, it went as far as there was one wrestler that was a homosexual. Yeah, and and you, the target audience of wrestling. I mean, no. just to be honest, is is you know white males. Now there there is a guy in this day and age. I can't remember his name, but he's wrestling in uh, lucha in Mexico, and he comes out waving a huge American flag, but on the American flag in the center of it is Donald Trump's face. And they hate him down there. Yeah. It's, and see, and that's, it's hilarious to that me. That is. That is great. That's great. But one, you got to watch out for the Mexican fans, too, man. They will pour bags of urine on you. They, oh, yeah. are, they get a little more rowdy. They get into it, man. Um, and it's... And people might be thinking, well, why should the, why should anything negative, why should we ever see conflict? Because it's healthy. It's healthy to see conflict start, conflict resolved. And it's better if that conflict is done in a controlled environment that's a little bit make-believe, again, coming back to the importance of stories, rather than always having just conflict where you have no experience on how to deal with it in real life. Well, and the, the thing is, the exotic Adrian Street, he was the fairy that played me. She, he yeah. had feather boas and wore makeup and everything. Oh, yeah. And that was his, his finishing move. You know, he would pile drive somebody, knock them out, and then he would put lipstick and eyeshadow and, and put makeup on them. <laughs> you know, make a boy look like... But he ended up turning good. And that's the thing, is when, when he turned into the good guy... Right. People absolutely love exactly. him. I mean, well, accepted him wholeheartedly, when, uh, and he became a megastar here local. I mean, he was just one of the fan favorites. Well, and uh, Dustin Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes' son, he portrayed Gold Dust. And he did this in the early, mid-90s. He stole that from the exotic Adrian And he's Street. doing this in the mid-90s, I guess... I remember that when he would run around. Yeah, and it was like this full... But this is before... Like, we just, in the last few years, started talking about, like, transgender and this stuff. He's doing this in the 90s. And I'm sure there are people going, what is he up to? But you will go back and watch and go, this is great. It's such a good bad guy. I just think these are... Like, this is why I kind of love the wrestling business. Because, you know, sometimes it's just trash. Terrible crap ideas. But uh, it's like it's running craps, but sometimes they really nail it and gives you a kind of a pulse of the culture where it's at. Well, we got to hit a break, be right back. Joey in 84 just hanging out. Joey Clark. Uh, Tim Allen's Last Man Standing will return and will include characters' conservative views. Interesting. No, and I I just, 
the that war. was a good that was a good show. Yeah, I think the culture wars. I I look at it and go. There's so much room for everybody's views to be heard. The the sniping sometimes just gets so much, and I get that it will go on, and that this is a battle for real things and real power. But at at a certain point, I look at a lot of folks who get real. You know, it's one thing when a guy uh, like we were talking earlier questions your integrity and calls you a liar and you yeah. know you're not like you really it's not even any doubt it's like he's just being stubborn and well, that, you don't want to hear the negative but it's another thing when i hear folks who are i'm not going to give names but people who are great friends and they have a disagreement over something political and then all of a sudden it's like oh i don't know if i can be friends with this person no. And you're like, are you running the country? Is if if that person if changes their mind, somehow you convince them to change their mind, will it really change the course of the country? Or is your friendship more important than your political views? And I get that it can be annoying that when somebody says something that you don't like. It, it you get a reaction, but at the end of the day, especially if it's a good friend, why in the hell would you ruin something over something we largely have no control over? Well, and dude, I, I mean, if you're just if straight political, I mean, why don't you? Why are you not big enough to say, hey, you know what? How about we just don't talk about this? Right. I mean, there's certain subjects you just don't bring up. Right. And that's you know? one approach. And I know exactly. I mean, and you that's can... one approach. Even all the way down to religion. I know people that are oh, yeah. in certain denominations that just pretty much, I ain't hanging out with you because you're not in my church, yeah. which is the only real church, which everybody... I know the Catholic Church yeah. says that. Yeah, and every church believes that, though. And that claim to me is just so like, well, good for you. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I think my point of view on that, like, we are the one true way, it's like, I think you're missing the point. Well, it, to me, it kind of goes against, I mean, it's written in Scripture. If you're going to be based on Scripture, Christ was friends of sinners. Right. You know, I mean, he hung out with tax collectors and whores. Yeah. You know, I mean, really. I mean, that's, I mean, he didn't engage in their activities, but, right. I mean, that's the people that he went to and... You know, I love, by the way, that the, the same. I love the, by the way, that the Bible puts uh, whores and tax collectors in the same category. <laughs> well, I, I think the Bible is in more my correct. own. I'm, I will disagree with the Bible in the sense I would put whores above tax collectors. <laughs> but, <laughs> I think they provide a more honest service. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> you may be correct there, young Joey. Oh my! <laughs> but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, but you you should never let something. And that and that's why I put the the you know the story I told you the way I did is is, is you know that was a that was an individual personal attack on me personally. I feel I have the right to to hold a grudge against that person. Yeah, because sure. they they will not make it uh, right. No, other than and but, I want to come back to this. Other than having the right, which I think you do, especially after what the way you've described the situation, is there not a part of you that always kind of wants like I wish. He would stop being so stubborn, and we could just get along. 
I mean, I imagine most of your daily life you're not even thinking about it. No, I, I don't. But, it just, I mean, it came up tonight, but you, to be honest, I mean, unfortunately, no, there's not. Oh, yeah. I, I, I made more than one attempt to, to make it right, and he refuses. And, yeah. I mean, I just wrote him off, and I, I really... I really can't stand this person, and I hate to be that way. I know I shouldn't be that way, but if he was broke down on the side of the road, I would stop and look at him and laugh at him and drive by, and that is terrible to feel that way, but I actually probably would do that. Yeah, and I mean, you got to... I mean, unless he was on fire, then I might right. go over there and pee Obviously. on him, but... <laughs> Other than that. How charitable. How Christian. <laughs> no. I probably would help him, but... Right. I, 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 no, but, but I probably wouldn't, though. But here's the uh, the funny thing is that, you know, you maybe professionally knew the guy because of work, but and you got mad. But isn't it interesting how the most extreme reaction comes when you are betrayed by somebody you love? Like when somebody or have a like, relationship with oh, oh and no, but somebody you deeply care for, and I'm not talking about just romantic love, like somebody you trust, and they like oh, yeah. walk out on you. You're probably going to be quickly going never, ever again, never again. You're dead to me. And then you know, but the funny thing about that is like because you love that person so much, and you end up helping. You'll them end yeah. up being like, well, I wish they would come back. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's the it's a weird fine line the stakes are higher in that situation yeah I've, I've written some friends off that i've had real close relationships that kind of screwed me and and believe you me I've, I've been screwed over a bunch of times and and but you know generally my brother my my little baby brother is uh he is a great philosopher of life and uh he got he got really royally royally screwed over by a client oh yeah and i mean owed him a, a a large sum of money and would see him in public uh and the guy would just come right up to him and call him by name and say hey how you doing buddy and shake his hand and knowing that he owed him a large sum of money and and finally one day my brother just looked at him and when he shook his hand he wouldn't let go of his hand and he just pulled him right up to his chest and he says let me tell you something usob if you can live with it i can damn sure live without that money you got it Ooh, and just winked, at, winked him at him and, and let wink. him go damn and and but he meant it yeah he, he meant, meant it, too. it yeah. he says hey if you can live with knowing that you owe me this and you're buying new vehicles and you're not paying me a measly sum accord uh, uh, you know in accordance with a, a brand new vehicle that's fine right if, if you can live with it i can damn sure live without it well and, and i you know and that's that's wise advice i mean you can't let it it doesn't burn inside me i right. never let that happen i just well and something here's the thing you're going to go through life and there are going to be people who don't like you there are people you don't like and sometimes it's not for good reasons sometimes it is for damn good reasons but uh, I want to get to a story today that both Baron brought it up and Greg brought it up. And I think they brought it up in the way a lot of people are bringing it up. But when I saw the story today, I was like, oh, how sweet and hilarious this is. This new New York Times writer who's now writing on technology and social media oh, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and I she has all, her. and this is back to the tweets. Somebody said a mean tweet. 
is she such a sweet lady? I don't know. But she talked about how, like, she really enjoys, like, torturing or pissing off old white men. Yeah. And talked about, like, a hashtag cancel white people. Yeah. I, I mean, she just did, said everything short of, like, you stupid, ignorant cracker. And, like, I don't... Maybe it's because I'm so privileged as a straight white male. But I see that and go, well, that's that's hilarious. Like, and I'm not even talking down. Like, it just, it doesn't make me mad. It really doesn't. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't, I, I'm, I want to explore that. Why doesn't it make me mad? Because it does make a lot of people mad. A lot of people say it's unfair. What if she had said that about black people? I'd, what I'd, if somebody at Fox, Barron presented it that way. What if somebody at New Hire at Fox had said that about black people? What if they had said it about any other race other than white people? I, I think. But it doesn't it, really bother me. And, and now this, just to me, uh, I'm somewhat in your camp. I mean, it, okay, what, I you can call me a cracker if you want to. Right. Okay, Stupid cracker. honky cracker. All right, okay, whitey. all right, whatever. Well, That's you're fine. not that white though. In it's, this light, you're kind of. I'm tan. actually Native American, so you're pretty uh, tan. just don't call me an Indian because I would really get mad. Oh no, I've been over this with uh, Seth Spotlow in the sense that <laughs> if you actually have Native American blood mixed with other, you know, European blood, did you are, did you oppress yourself? Oh, I don't know. You're like I, you know, I, I, and, and that's and that's the ridiculous part. The collective about it. guilt stuff is such nonsense. I, at the end of the day, am a yes. You just nailed the word. I'm Coll- a devout individualist. Collective guilt. It's just like, oh, cancel white people. Like, I find it silly because it's like white people are very different. Black people are very different. Asian people are very different. Like, within any ethnicity or group, you're going to find all sorts of differences. And in different groups, like blacks and whites and Asians and Hispanic and men and women, you're going to find, on average, much more in common because we're all human beings than there are differences. We just like to exaggerate the differences for some reason. And if you take that statement and if you were to try to somehow dissect it logically, does that mean you can group all brown people together? But people do. But they try to do it okay, in a positive way. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, they but, try to do it in a positive way instead of the old school negative way. Do you not know the difference in a Puerto Rican, a Mexican, and a Guatemalan and a Nicaraguan? But there are huge differences. There are not huge differences. You call a Mexican a Puerto Rican or vice versa and see what happens. That's what I mean by huge difference. It's actually the differences but they're aren't all that brown. big. The differences aren't that big. But because they're all human beings. But they have unique cultures. They're proud of their culture. And for some reason, that pride pops out. And, you know, well, it's like when people say, oh, I'm an American. And yes, I'm an American. If I went over to someplace like France, I would clearly stick out like a sore thumb as an American. But I would still probably find a lot in common with the French. But see, this is... For instance, women. I think this is where the <laughs> ire comes from, 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 you know, this story you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Is, it is completely 100% acceptable for, I think the woman was Asian, right? Something like Asian that. Asian descent of some some form. Yeah. It's okay for her to judge people by the color of their skin, but if we so much as mention the color of someone's skin, you're immediately, you know... Right. Just, I mean, you're, you're an outcast. Well, I mean, and you're kicked out, and I think, I don't think it's as much what she said that 
you know, people were upset about. Because, like I said, with you, I don't give a flying flip. I really don't care that that guy called me a liar. I've never bought another Hubble device in my life. Oh, did I just say Hubble's name out loud? I'm sorry. The, uh, But, I mean, he just lost my business. Right. You know, but it's it's... The the anger is is with the double standard is you can accidentally you can quote someone without even trying to be racist you become a racist because of well, it's like Paula Dean Paula Dean big old well, fine me, liberal lib Democrat but also let me be honest there are some people I've seen some I guess we'll call them white people I've seen who without knowing what racist. they're yeah but without knowing these honkies without knowing what they're doing. They say stuff, and I go, really? Really? I go, walked into an Applebee's with this one woman, and she immediately goes, what's the health score here? And, like, we're the only white people in the building. I don't know if it's because there was a bunch of black people in there or not, but it just was like, it's an Applebee's. Like, it's not going to be top-notch. 82, probably. Like, it's (laughs) fine. You're not going to get sick. Like, eat the prepackaged wings they threw into the fryer real quick and enjoy yourself. Well, now, see, Joey, you're making a judgment right there. You're assuming just because she saw a no, lot. I don't, no, it's it's not. She I, didn't I look said, at the floor and I there said was I don't, garbage on the floor. I said and, I don't know, but it, she didn't have enough yeah, time. Yeah, it, yeah, maybe yeah. it's more an elitist attitude. Uh, but there was something about the way she reacted. Where When I saw it, I went, what's your deal, lady? Like, I didn't know what her deal was, but there was something going on. It's like, maybe it's just she didn't ever go to Applebee's. I don't know. I like it. Sampler platter? Yeah, why not? Eat some mozzarella sticks and some lukewarm artichoke dip. (laughs) (laughs) You might be throw up, man. (laughs) Applebee's. But, I mean, but then I see people of all types that are uncharitable. And it has nothing to do necessarily with their race it has everything to do with i think their experience and their temperament and their personality and then it gets mixed into all these more difficult things to really comprehend because like red top calls up all the time especially when i'm dance show what does your generation think i don't know i know what i think yeah i don't speak for everybody who's a so-called millennial right I don't want that responsibility, number one. Number two, I can't actually speak for everybody. When you see somebody, and this is what I am a little hesitant about democracy, when our leaders, even Donald Trump on TV right now, he doesn't speak for all Americans. No. He doesn't even speak for all Trump supporters. He speaks for himself. He puts out ideas, and people either decide, I like it or I don't like it. That's why, because I've heard Trump do it, I've heard Hillary do it, I've heard politicians all across the aisle say, the people. And it's like, well, who, I've met a lot of people, 84, in my life, I've yet to meet the people. I think it's a throwaway word, a throwaway term that um, gets used as a a bludgeon. Yeah. I have to leave now, because literally I only have 10 seconds left. You always kept me off. Always good, man.